0: Welcome to Advisor Tech Unplugged, the monthly podcast brought to you by MoneyInfo, the client portal and mobile app supplier for financial advisors and wealth managers. This podcast is designed to help address the challenges
1: of the 21st century advisor. Each month, we invite a special guest to talk to us about current topics affecting their area of expertise in the advisor tech space. If you have any suggestions for
0: future episodes or general feedback, get in touch with us by email at support at moneyinfo.com or tweet us at moneyinfo
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Money Info podcast, Advisor Tech Unplugged. Uh, I'm Tessa Lee, Managing Director of Money Info, and today I am delighted to be joined by Tim Walton, who is the Platform and Fintech Integration Manager at Aviva. Hi there, Tim. How are you?
0: Yeah, hi, Tess. I'm really well. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, good. Thank you. Really, apart from the miserable weather outside my window today, I'm doing pretty good other than that. So it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for for joining us. Um, And I guess to get started, it would be good if you could tell us a little bit about your role as uh, FinTech and Platform Integration Manager at Viva and how you kind of got there really and how you came to, to be working in that role.
0: Yeah, sure. Okay, Tess. Yeah, well, great. Thanks for the opportunity to talk this afternoon. I should say it's a tad of chilly, but not as cold <laughs> as the weekend. Anyway, I should get on with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, Tess. Thanks for the question. So, in terms of my role at Aviva, it's very much um, there's various aspects to the role, but at the core of it is around those relationships with um, third party software companies like the wonderful Money Info, and um, ensuring that any services we deploy outside of the platform. Uh, are adopted by our mutual clients, i.e. the intermediary firms. That's a big part of the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all around about the, the relationships with all our third-party software suppliers. And and to be honest, Tess, it's still a case of very much raising the awareness around technology in the industry. That's a real biggie. Uh, I remember 20-odd years ago, we um, have got a little slide deck called eClinics. And eClinics is all about e-commerce and very much a lot of the um, content of that Those slides are still applicable today. So, um, yeah, there's still a lot to do in terms of awareness uh, because there's still a massive amount of value that can be gained. So that's a big part of my role.
1: It's funny as it? you say that, isn't it? Because I think you're right. I mean, adoption, you mentioned the word adoption, that's a huge, a huge ticket on my list. It's something that I'm really, really interested in as well, how we get firms adopting technology more. And your point about, you know, we're 20 years on ago. I've I've probably been around this industry for, well, probably a little over 20 years now too. And you're right, we're still hitting some of the same, same problems and challenges. And issues yeah. that we that we did then. So there's there's a long way to go. And there is, you're right. And where do you think so? The services that you offer, how are you kind of supporting advice firms today? And where do you think that the integration between platforms and technology providers can really make a difference in you know advisory processes?
0: Yeah, okay. Um, I think one of things I like doing tests, and it's very popular and has gone down very well, is doing those kind of three-way meetings. So that's between Aviva, myself. And the Viva BDM, so business development manager, and also the intermediary, and also on top of that, the software supplier. So a three-way call. And at the core of those meetings is around about raising the awareness around the value of the data that's not currently being consumed by the intermediary, and how that data can be used in a proactive way, driving you know all the stuff we know, driving the efficiencies through the business, but making sure that everybody's aware of that um because obviously today you know so many firms don't consume their own data back which Mm. will come on to a little bit later no doubt um so there's a big you know there's a lot of work to be done there but um you know probably the top of my list in terms of i hope helpful from aviva is having those three-way calls whereby we can all talk the same language understand what the challenges are and move that forward um so i i enjoy doing that you know it's um there's such a variety of people out there. It's fantastic to work with so many different types of people.
1: And you're different right. means. it is that communication piece because technology is great, but it's not just about the technology, is it? It's about the people that are, are working with the technology, 100%. how we, you know, how we approach each other, how we keep those communication lines open and we're transparent and help, you know, because we're all in it to achieve the same outcomes, aren't we, for, for our advisors sure. to make sure that they can get the data that they need and it can support their advice and service propositions. And I guess you're largely, are you largely talking about valuations data, transactions data, what other sort of services do you provide us? As, uh,
0: as as, uh, yeah, we tend to start with tests, We tend to start with the valuations because obviously you know, there's a lot of obviously mass amount of value and how that data can be used on a daily basis. Yeah. But we, you know, we, we offer a number of services so, we also offer the advisor charge statements on a digital basis, good old commission statements. Mm-hmm. Again, we've still got a number of firms that aren't consuming their own data in both those respects. Um, we have valuations both on a single contract inquiry basis, but also book valuations, book transaction history service. And one of the, things we, one of the, things, one of the services we're just beginning to roll out, um, Tess, which mm-hmm. is out there now, is storing some of the Viva platform documents. So things like client declarations, but storing it in the in the software's own document library, whereby we retain complete uh, control around the version of it to make sure it's up to date. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going down really well. It's early days, but that's going down really well. It's still quite limited at the moment. So it's just client declaration and the, the um, nomination form. Mm-hmm. But that's going down a storm. That's going down really well. So well, we uh, yeah, I, quite like, I quite like that pest test because it's still unique to Aviva at the moment.
1: Yeah, I like no, that. We should definitely have a, <laughs> a conversation about that then because we're doing, we're kind of doing automated document delivery um, for for okay. uh, some, um, not really the kind of main retail platforms, but some systems. Um Okay, it's really gone down well. So uh, okay, for us to pick up definitely, and obviously we've recently yeah, we've had single contract inquiry with you for a while. We've recently bought on bulk valuations. so it's great to see that you know the interactivity between MoneyInfo and Aviva is is growing as well. But certainly the yeah. communications piece, the documents piece, is something that's really interesting for us because. You know advice firms want their you know their clients logging into their branded portal and they want them to have access to as much information and particularly paperwork that 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 they can so they don't have to you know download it from elsewhere so that's sure, interesting sure. and how well do you think I mean it is a hot topic isn't it integration always when we talk about technology particularly now that we're seeing we're certainly seeing a shift from a kind of one size fits all kind of approach to technology to a more best of breed approach where I find that firms want to pick and choose the technologies that work for their businesses at certain points in time, whether that's their client portal, their CRM obviously they've got usually more than one platform within the business, um, but you know cash flow planning technology, all sorts of different technologies they want to bring into those advice and service propositions. and and how well do you think that, you know, the fintechs and platforms are working together today? Obviously, we've been doing some work recently which yeah. more with you, but have you seen a shift in that over the last few years?
0: That's a cracking question, Tess, and thank you for <laughs> that question. That is a good question. So, as always with our industry, you, you'll know this more than me, Tess. In our industry, every provider, when they provide software, where they provide a platform, um, everybody's in a different place. Yeah. And that's always a challenge for an industry because they've got their own, you know, own roadmap, resource, budget, all those constraints that, that happen all the time. But in terms of how well it's going, st- there's there's still a long way to go, isn't there? You know, there's, there's a lot more integration that could t- take place. But I always caveat that, caveat that test because, yes, there's a long way for integration to go. And I, and I like to think, and I would say this, wouldn't I, Aviva doing a really good job in terms of getting integration, you know, getting data out there. But there's still quite a way to go. Um, because um, you know, for, for, for you know, for various challenges that you and I have spoke about before, mm-hmm. but but as an industry, the development will continue running at pace. It does, you know, that's how it works. That's the way the technology world works. It continues at incredible pace. But what concerns me is the adoption rate, because mm. there's still a significant drag or lag, if you like, on the overall adoption of data services, and that's right from you know, um, valuations. I mean, the original Contract Inquiry Service for Aviva goes back 19 years thereabouts. Yeah. And it's still it's still amazing that, you know, we do generate about two and a half million, sorry, we respond to two and a half million valuation requests every month. Um, but that's still from a relatively small policy set,
1: you yeah. know, about
0: 150,000 or so. So, you know, so there's a long way to go, which is quite staggering. But, you know, so I'd love for the industry you know, to grab this opportunity because there's still a fair bit to do
1: and why not for think-
0: technology development but adoption
1: and you're right and why do you think that is because i know you recently when we were speaking you said that uh, i think on average 20 percent of the financial advice firms you work with actually consume your their own data is that right what, that's right i think this adoption is so slow because these services are out there is it lack of awareness or is there something else at play there that you think's stopping that adoption
0: yeah i think I think, Tess, is very much – It's you know, there's a number of uh, answers to that particular point. Um, but I think overall, I think – no, I know um, that you know, most intermediary firms are aware that you know of the data service. I think many of them are. Uh, I wouldn't say they're aware of all of them. But I think what's maybe lacking, and with a massive respect to our mutual clients here, is how do I do that? Right. How do I get it set up? Who do I talk to? Now, I'm busy – you know, writing business, seeing clients, getting the revenue into the business, which is why I'm doing it. I haven't really got time to do it. But if I did have time, where do I go? Who do I talk to? Yeah.
1: And maybe the momentum there is understanding the value that these services can bring. Because, you know, for for the advice firms that are, using money info kind of having up-to-date valuations data running into your client portal is kind of a hygiene factor now sort of expected by clients it's certainly expected you know they they would expect online access to that information so I think the how do I do it question is a good one and also I guess sometimes I think advisors and, and firms rightly so find that it's quite a big overhead to manage valuations in their system and you know I haven't got time to do that and actually it's you know where does the value of delivering that data to themselves or their clients outweigh the effort that they put in Um, Mm -hmm. and that's an interesting question for me and of course the value of that data is huge isn't it from you know review processes ongoing advice all that kind of stuff it's it's actually it is a hygiene factor isn't it
0: it is, and also, Tess. I think the other thing is that you know, it's, you know, obviously, you know, we have data share services between Aviva and, and Money Info, yeah. um, and obviously, though, you know, the data in in those in, in that software, but you know, it could be in another CRM uh, or indeed yourselves, whereby that data, the valuation, could be used in cash flow modeling. Yeah. It could be used in you know risk profiling, blah 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 blah. So it's not just you know, um, the passing of data from one organization to another for the right reasons in the right way but it's about the you know, it's the extension of that isn't it
1: it is and how it's used in those advice processes for fact finding or cash flow planning or you know any, any kind of advice process relies on having that data I mean the, the first thing that people do prior to review is make sure they've got up-to-date information on all of their their clients accounts don't they and yeah and, portfolios yeah. and policies so you're right the value of is it huge but perhaps underestimated maybe or mm and what can we do to make it easier then for firms do you think to to get that how do I do it and to to realize that actually once it's set up it's relatively straightforward and, and to run especially if you yeah. have a tech provider like us that kind of manages that data for you and you know sure. helps if you have any problems with it
0: yeah I think it's really I think it's really um Bizarrely, it's quite simple. I think it, you know one one of the actions I'd love to do from today Tess, is for Aviva Money Info to run a a kind of it's almost like a 20 minute workshop that focus, that you know that short that literally takes a, a mutual client through that process yeah, yeah of how they could get it set up and I think you know if we can reuse that over and over again that video in the right ways and take every opportunity and um, and I believe also we could make that um, um cpdable if that's a word cpdable is that a word well i think it, it's what um, i've heard before it
1: is now isn't it <laughs> i love that idea and that's something as well we could yeah. put in our money in for comms library where all of our firms can go to kind of find information about all sorts of different stuff so um, yeah. let's get that one sorted i don't see why we we shouldn't do that it's a great idea because the more information we can give the more help and and handholding we can give the more we'll get people to really get the value and the benefit out of these brilliant services that have existed for a lot of the a long time a lot of them haven't they they're not you know they're not new um they're there no. waiting, waiting for firms to be able to use them and that's right think, absolutely right are you seeing a change i mean have you seen obviously the last at some point we'll stop mentioning the the pandemic word on podcasts <laughs> and videos and stuff and dreams but over the last you know two two years or more now we have seen a shift into you know people taking greater advantage of technology adopting technology accelerating yeah. their adoption to
0: technology. Have you seen that, Aviva? Uh, very much so. Very much so. I think, um, you know, as you say, we'll, we'll stop talking about the pandemic at some point, maybe this yeah. year, maybe later this year.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> <would be> nice.
0: <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah, yeah good yeah. normality. Um, but no, joking aside, it has, you know, there's been a you know, seismic shift in terms of the use of technology. And, and I think the industries needed it, you know, we yeah. really have needed to move on. If you look at the, you know, the automobile, look at the car industry, look at other industries where they absolutely use technology to each. And, and again, going back 20 years, they weren't doing it. But no. today, you know, if you go into a dealership, a car dealership, all the salespeople there will be entering information straight into CRM. And that information drives everything, yeah. including the after sales. So it's not dissimilar to our industry. Um, so you know that that's that's a big you know big part of it. the fact of um, getting that data into um, you know into the CRM right at the first part of the the relationship with the client. you know
1: It is and we' you know we're seeing that we're seeing that as well that the client is becoming much more involved in that CRM process as well now. you know they yeah. are they have adopted technology, they are used to working with their advisors remotely you know, they, hmm. they find that very convenient. There are you know, some firms that are going back out to, to see clients or getting clients back into their premises, which is great. I think we'll always see a bit of a combination of it. But certainly, this whole concept that's grown over the last few years of the hybrid advice model where we're using technology yeah. to support those processes is just, you know, accelerating more and more, isn't it, I think?
0: Absolutely right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a kind of kind of connects to our industry as well, Tess, hmm. is the public, the client, getting used to open banking, for example. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you open up a Monza account and, you know, whatever, you know, whichever account you do, you know, open bank is very much out there. Um, and I think more and more clients are getting used to it where I live. You know, you've got people in their late 70s, uh, one of them who's uh, 82, 83, and are quite happy to do their banking yeah. on their iPad. Yeah. you know, you know, the days of trying to park your car somewhere in a town or whatever to go to the bank, you know, you know, even my um, even my parents have stopped giving grandchildren checks. You know, that's all stopped. <laughs>
1: yes, finally. <laughs> people, there will, there will be people coming up through the ranks today that will have never seen a check at some point, won't there? That's like, right. That's you know, spot on. Numbers on it. What is it? And you're right. And you know, we're seeing that. And I've said this time and time again as well. If I had a pound for every, every advisor that said to me, all my clients won't use technology, you know, mm-hmm. they're older demographic, that's shifted and that's changed. And and I think our advisor firms are, you know, have realized that and are yeah. open to adopting technology. And also I think they've realized because of how quickly firms adapted and started using Zoom or Teams yeah. or Google Meet. Mm. You know, um, so all the video conferencing stuff, appointment booking stuff, document sharing, secure messaging. All of a sudden, I think there's a realization this doesn't have to be really hard to get going. Mm. It's actually quite straightforward. It's more about thinking about how you worked before with your clients and how that now adapts to the new world of technology, isn't it? More than actually getting the technology itself working and set up. I think there's been a real realization of that, which is really exciting um yeah into, you know how things are going to change moving forward now
0: and, and just go back to one of the questions earlier Tess. i think um you know is asking um you know actually asking the client yeah. how do they want to react you know are you happy to do a video call are you happy to use our you know our app our, you know our, our portal to yeah. get your information and um, just literally the kind of basic stuff rather than keep doing what we've always done because uh, otherwise things just don't change do they but uh, i assume- think clients expectations have changed as well haven't they
1: so oh definitely absolutely and i think i think you can make assumptions about what you think people will want because it's the way they've always done things when actually yeah. they're they're quite open to to change and to doing things in a way if they understand the value to them and the benefits to them in terms of having access to their information in terms of you know getting rid of paperwork or securing their communications and their data is a real big Great one point. You know that's really coming out now, and I think I think oh. clients are far more aware of cyber security yeah, and
0: phishing emails. And all yeah.
1: they need to protect their identity and their information, and I think advice firms that are demonstrating that by using digital technologies are going to be the ones that will that will get ahead, aren't they?
0: Absolutely, spot on. Yeah, yeah. couldn't agree more.
1: Um, and what do you think? So, so obviously, we need to encourage advice firms to engage more with technology to understand the value of the the data they have access to. I love the idea of us doing a a bit of a workshop on this to kind of show how easy it is to get going with it. Is there anything else you think that we could be doing as a, I guess, as an industry? And I know that you and I, you know, we're both, both Aviva and MoneyInfo are working with Origo to, you know, get some of those, you know, services set up. And that's, you know, there's a nice community that's kind of building around that. Um, and they're open to kind of listening to ideas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I guess it's more of that, isn't it? The more we can talk to each other about our own roadmaps and how we want to share information and make things better for advice firms, the, the more they will adopt those services.
0: Yeah, man, yeah, that's interesting, that, Tess, because some of the guys who work in our sales and distribution areas at BDMs, um, some of them are obviously aware, a lot of them are aware of the Origo Integration Hub, and they start thinking, well, why, why do I need to talk to my financial advisor about the Origo Integration Hub? How does that impact them? And, so, well, I'm, and my response to that is, well, it doesn't necessarily directly impact them at all. Hmm. But what it does do, it enables Aviva and Money Info, for example, Get more services, more data out to more intermediaries yeah. because we're making more services available through the Orego integration hub, and yep. therefore more CRMs can access that data. Um, and therefore, you know, the knock-on effect is more intermediaries consume, um, you know, their data back. I mean, a couple of years ago, probably um, let's say three or four years ago, mm. bulk valuations is only available to two or three CRM providers. Mm. Now it's available. That service to one service. And that service is available to whoever wants to you know, consume that data through the Orgo integration hub, you know, it's, um, and that, it's changed a lot.
1: Yeah. And that's a bit, you know, the, but the whole, the fact that more of the life and pensions providers are coming on board with bulk valuations now is really important because the, the mm-hmm. platforms have, have, have kind of done that from the off the, the bulk valuation files, which is great because they've had the advantage of coming in, I guess, new to it sometimes. Um, but you know, single contract inquiry has its place, but for us, that consuming that bulk data on an overnight basis, so we can build up those consistent pictures for our clients on a daily basis for all their you know valuations, it's so efficient. Um, it's a really you know it's a really good thing to see that you know providers like Aviva, I know you you know you've had it um, available. And other providers are starting to deliver that data on a bulk basis rather than just single contract inquiry. Because the days for us, uh, money info, the days of advisors having to press a button to go and fetch a valuation for an individual client are gone. You know, we don't pick up the phone. do that yeah well we do they might as well Uh, but we don't want them to have to do that you know we want to to log in and it's there because it's been populated overnight across all of their clients and then you know they really are ready for those reviews you know they're all they're all set up and ready to go so that's been really encouraging to see that that happening
0: yeah fabulous yeah yeah
1: that makes sense and what do you think what's what's next for advisors what are they really focused on right now in terms of technology and digital where where do you think The the focus is and and where do you think they're
0: heading yeah one thing's really interesting isn't it tess um you know that expression some time back now robo advice thankfully that kind of um it's not been put to bed because that's wrong to say that but i think that very expression wasn't the best expression to use robo advice yeah um, because it created fear in people it's Mm. like somebody taking over um and I think, you know, the hybrid advice approach, that's, you know, of great interest, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. I think whoever gets that right will be, you know, that'll be, you know, a really popular, as long as it's delivered in the right way. I think um, one of the challenges will be is getting that online experience right. Yeah. Because a few a few businesses, as we know, have had a go at it and it hasn't particularly worked well. Because um, it's quite a tricky thing to do, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a real tricky online um, journey to get right.
1: It is if you're going down the kind of sort of more self-serve way of doing. Sort yeah. of a bit of, I mean, I guess there are two camps, aren't there? There's kind of robo with a bit of human now where the robos have realized actually what clients really value is that human to human connection. So they've kind of started yeah. to bring in. And then at the other end, which is probably where my info sit, there is technology being uh, supporting the advice processes there to kind of dovetail into the advice process, whether that's onboarding, client reviews, ongoing advice, whatever it happens to be, to complement the advisory service rather than replace that kind of human touch. Yeah. The advice bit Absolutely. is the bit that's human, you know, the heavy lifting yeah. of the delivery of documents, communications, messagings, workflows, e-signatures, all that can be automated. But the advice yep. bit, that face-to-face bit, whether that's via video or not, is is still part of that process, and that's kind of where we sit really. So it's really interesting to see mm-hmm. see how firms are kind of embracing that that way of working now. It's the new way. Yeah.
0: What, what what I what I love to have um, seen recently, Tess, in the last twelve months, is a number of fact finds being completed by clients themselves, yeah, and not the old classic paper form, yeah, you know, and all that. And that's been such a shift in that area, and I think because you know because the data's been collected and been um, uh, been made available by the client themselves. Usually speaking, it's right first time. Yeah. You know, there's no errors, and, they, and for the right client, I'm not saying this for every client, of course, it's not at all. But for clients that want to do that, they don't want to commit two hours of their time to to see somebody, but they're happy to complete a fact find online. You know, the number of the fact finds being completed today is massive compared to yeah. two years ago, isn't it? It's ginormous. You know?
1: It is, and it's it's interesting because you will get some that will do it themselves, and then you'll get yeah. others that will want the advisors to do it for them, and and of some course. in between where it's collaborative. But you're right, and the value to the firm then and to the client is that that first meeting with the client as part of that client fee process or even a new client becomes really valuable because they can get right into the advice conversation and the client objectives and what they want to do with the rest of their life rather than before we start I've got to collect a whole load of data from you which is quite a process and that again Mm -hmm. you you mentioned open banking earlier didn't you that's that's where things like open banking can support that process or you know we've got links with with um, land registry for bringing property in or they can put their auto enrollment Roman pension in and it will come through from their online accounts or, or whatever. And that helps to kind of give something, make the process easier for the client and give them something back because, you know, while they're adding all that data in, it's building up a picture for them of their net worth at the same time as capturing data for the advisor, for the advice process. And it, you know, gets them into that advice much, much quicker, doesn't it? I think, I think that is absolutely really interesting and it's certainly something um we'll see a lot more of moving forward,
0: I think. Yeah. I think if anything, Tess, I think for me that's that will be potentially one of the biggest changes in our industry.
1: Yeah.
0: In the next three to five years. And that even sounds like a very long way in technology world, isn't it? Five years. But it'll be interesting to yeah. see how the, you know, once a decent solution becomes available, how the public react to that.
1: Yeah, well, what's very interesting. I can't say too much on that just yet, but uh, absolutely. <laughs> this is, um, yeah, it's certainly something that we are very interested in uh, right now. It's a hot topic for us. But yeah, it, it's just been really exciting, hasn't it, to see how advice and advice firms and their clients are adapting and adopting yes. technology on an mm. ongoing basis. But I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said we can do more and yeah. really how we work as technology providers and platforms together is going to be key to that and to i guess to all realize where we sit in that value chain where our place is in that process for the advice firm Mm -hmm. and not to worry about you know we're not treading on each other's toes We're, we're performing very different services within within the advisory process so all of us can afford to be more open about our technology and how we fit it together with other pieces of technology that are out there
0: yeah, I think more collaboration is absolutely spot on, Tess. Yeah, you know, that's what you know, that's what we need to do. So yeah, that's look forward to that. Yeah, great. that's
1: why we're gonna have a conversation about documents and um how we can Indeed. do that little video to help our firms get set up really <laughs> easily. So we've got some follow-ups from today, which is always good. Um, I like so, that. So we're getting we're getting sort of to the end of our time now, but just know before we finish what what would you like to kind of say to advice firms out there that are listening to this how can they how can they get involved and you know what they what, what should they be doing if they're working with aviva and they're not yet taking advantages of all these um services that you can offer from a digital perspective
0: yeah my biggest piece of advice Jess would be to to ask so to ask for help that's either from your aviva bdm um from the likes of myself from, you know from the likes of money info and their supplier of software um, that's absolutely key. ask the question because yeah. you know we do know there are, there's a massive opportunity still out there to consume back your own client data and deliver it into your core system which is your money info your you know your main piece of software that you yeah. use to drive your business that'll be my biggest piece of advice ask the questions. And make sure you're getting the most out of your software, and that includes money info, but also to get the help, you know, because we we know it's there. We know that most people are aware that they can get client data back, but how do you get it set up? So yeah. ask the question.
1: And it's not that difficult, right? We can. We nope. Can Simple. Get it up, get it set up, turn it around, same day if not quicker. Yep. And, um, Simple. Yeah. Simple. Once you're going, you're going, aren't you? And then you can reap Correct. That brilliant data. Yeah. Good. Spot done. on. Well, look, um, it's been really, really interesting to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining us on Advisor Tech Unplugged. I hope you've enjoyed it. We will be uh, sharing I certainly have. everywhere, I'm sure. And um, let's get in touch soon on those couple of things that we can pick up on between us to kind of make these things even easier and better for our mutual clients.
0: Yeah, that'd be fabulous, Tess. I look forward to that. And thanks for your time today as well. Great. Oh, very um, good well. afternoon. Great to talk to you, Thank you very much. Take care. Cheers. The Advisor Tech Unplugged podcast was brought to you by the team at MoneyInfo. For more information, please visit www.moneyinfo.com. Book a discovery call with us to learn how we can help you to deliver a better client experience with your own branded client portal and apps from Apple and Android.